If you've got your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Luke. <laughs> Where are we going today? Luke chapter 7. And the title of the message is, Watch What Jesus Can Do. We have a hope today as Christians. It's wonderful. And it talks about Jesus and he's in this town called Capernaum. If you get on Google today and look up Capernaum, Capernaum is a city that's no longer in existence. It's ruins, it's rubble, it's by a lake. But at this time, Jesus went there. And it says this, Now when he had concluded all his sayings, in the hearing of the people, he entered Capernaum. And a, centurion, and a certain centurion's servant who was dear to him was sick and ready to die. A centurion talks about a soldier, and a centurion would have been someone who was responsible for about 100 men. This centurion was responsible for 100 men. So in turn, these men, he's responsible for the men, he's responsible for their families, he's responsible for their children. When they go into battle, when they do these things, this man is responsible. That's a big thing to be responsible for. And it talks about how he had a servant here, and his servant was unwell, and he was ready to die. Sometimes in this particular time in history, and you can do some more research yourself, but sometimes servant, it wasn't just someone that you gave an invoice to. Sometimes these servants, they live with the family. They were close, they were friends. And this centurion had a heart for his servant. And so when he had heard about Jesus, he sent elders of the Jews to him, pleading with him to come and to heal his servant. And, they, and when they came to Jesus, they begged him earnestly, saying that the one for whom he should do this was deserving. For he loves our nation and has built us a synagogue. Then Jesus went with them, and when he was already not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him, saying to him, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I am not worthy that you should not enter under my roof. Therefore, I do not even think myself worthy to come to you, but say the word and my servant will be healed." So this particular man, there's a battle going on in his heart because he's believing for his servant, but he doesn't even feel worthy to go and see Jesus. Can't that be the case for some people sometimes? They need Jesus to break through in their life, but they don't even feel good enough to come to church. They don't feel worthy enough to come. So this man sends the, these elders to, to go and to vouch on his behalf. And as Jesus is coming to this man's home, he sends friends and he says to them, he talks about in this scripture about just say the word, just command it to happen and it will be done. It says this in verse seven, therefore I do not even think myself worthy to come to you, but say the word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man placed under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes, and to the other, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does this. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him. And turned around and said to the crowd following him, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not in Israel. And those who sent returning to the house found the servant well who had been sick. Oh, what an exciting passage. Unwell servant, centurion sends, asks for Jesus to come. Jesus is coming to the house. Friends come to meet Jesus and just say, just say it will happen and it will happen. And this servant is healed. Today, I want to bring out a few points that I know will help us today. Can I say to you that I'm thankful for this centurion because he believed in the power of Jesus for this servant. This servant could have passed away if it wasn't for the faith of the centurion. You know, sometimes all it takes is one believing friend to see a miracle come to pass in your life. 
All it takes is one mate, one work colleague, one buddy to believe God for you and see God break through in your life. You might be that friend today, or maybe you're sitting here in this church saying, I'm the result of that friend that kept believing God for me. I was hearing the story some time ago about this gentleman who lived in the USA and he was a wild guy who was at university and he used to love rock and roll and he used to get his amplifiers on the roof because he was just wild. He used to get his guitar out and solo on the roof and there was this nerdy guy who went to his university, you know, the high socks, the short shorts, the tucked in t-shirt and he started telling him about Jesus. Anyway, this guy's life got radically changed by the power of God and he says, that friend was nerdy, he was a bit corny but I'm so thankful that he for reaching out to me because he changed my life through the power of Jesus Christ. You see, you just there's friends all around you, people all around you who need a miracle, and maybe they don't have faith for it, but you can have faith for them. You can have faith for them. The second thing I love about this passage is it tells us how much God cares. The Bible says that Jesus didn't do anything unless the Father talks about giving him permission. So when this man who felt unworthy, he said, he wanted Jesus to come to our house. What does that tell you? It tells you that God wanted to go to this man's house and heal this servant. God cares. God cares. God loves you. God cares. And he cared about this man's need. He cared about this family. He cared about their lives. And today God cares about you. Sometimes people can have pictures of what God's like. They can think that he's angry and he's cruel. And though God is a God of justice and he is angry against sin, can I tell you that through his son, Jesus Christ, he cares about you. It cares about you. Jesus at one point says that God knows the hairs that are on your head. And for some of us, that's a lot. <laughs> for some of us, Maybe if you stop shaving it, a few will grow back and they can be counted. <laughs> but God cares about you. Point number three, through faith, through the power of God, miracles are possible. Miracles are possible. Last week I was sharing about the story of a bit of a hero of mine named Don McDonnell from New Zealand. Is there any New Zealanders in the room? You're all so quiet. Is there any New Zealanders in the room? Hey, come on. <laughs> any Australians in the room? <laughs> okay. <laughs> come on, New Zealanders. And, and I love Don, Don McDonnell because when Don comes to our church, a lot of preachers, they have lots of books and resources and tapes, and it's fantastic. They really help people. But Don comes and he goes, this is my resource, the Bible. <laughs> and I was sharing last week about Don, and Don was with his youth pastor when he was a younger man, and they went out for a burger. Remember this story, I'm going somewhere with this, so if you heard it last week, come with me. And they went out for a burger, and at this burger place with his youth pastor, and they're eating burgers, when all of a sudden, all these bikies arrived to, to, into the place, and his youth pastor said, oh, this is a bit maybe we need to get out of here. Maybe we need to leave. And Don said, no, we were here first. We felt God wanted us to be here. We're staying. And so they sat there. And all of a sudden, as Don was sitting there, God began to speak to him because who knows God listens and he can speak. Yeah, God cares. He's powerful. And God began to speak to Don about the leader of the bikey group. And he said to his youth pastor, Don said, I said to his youth pastor, I think I've got a word for this guy. And so, this is great. And so Don's youth pastor said, well, I'll go wait in the car if this all goes wrong and you can stay here and do this. So Don goes up to this leader of the bikey group and he said, I feel like God's saying that he loves you and he cares about you and he's a plan for your life. And the bikey said, turned around and said, who told you to say that? 
Don, oh, God? <laughs> no, who told, who, made, who told you to come and say this to me right now? Oh, well, I was just sitting and eating my burger and praying, and it was God. Anyway, as I said last week, this bikey, his mum had said to him this, that morning, God loves you and has a plan for your life. And he said, well, let's see if someone else tells me that today. Let's see if someone else. And God sent Don along, this guy, to come and tell him the exact word that his mum had told him that morning. Who knows? God cares. God cares. God can do a miracle. God can work. I love Don because he's just, he's brave, he's bold. We might have to have him here one day. What do you think? And um, Don was at an airport once and he was walking towards the coffee machine, one of those self this coffee machines and he's walking to the coffee machine and there was a lady who was also walking to the coffee machine and Don being a little bit just Don he thought I'm going to start racing this person to the co- who can get there first and so the pace was picking up the speed was growing and he raced this woman and he got there just before her but because Don's kind he said could I get you a miracle cup of coffee and she said okay and so this lady and Don began to sit down and he began to tell a story about how he'd had a, a serious accident and he laid in hospital and he was at a point where they didn't know if he would walk again. Walk again. He was seriously unwell. And what he talks about is when he was in hospital, in that state, what he decided to do was he started to get preachers who would preach faith and preach the Word of God and he put them in, their, in his headphones, in his ears to hear those messages of faith about Jesus. And he put him in and over a period of time, God radically healed Don to the point where he, he walks, he talks, he's functioning today because of that. Could have been very different, but he had a miracle from God. So he's in this place telling this woman about this testimony, Right? Now, Don's noticed that he's, as he's there, he's telling, telling this woman this, t- he looks around and there's a whole bunch of people who are dressed a bit funny. I mean, they're not wearing sort of your average clothes. They look a bit like rock stars. The woman that Don was talking to about the miracle cup of coffee was Pink, the rock star. He just didn't know who it was. He just didn't know who she was. So he just struck up a conversation with her and told her about Jesus. You see, you never know how God can use you, friend, because God cares about people, because He cares about you. He cares about everyone. Isn't that a cool story? In the Bible, in Luke chapter 15, Jesus tells a powerful story. He, he talked about this lost son. And he talks about this son, and you can do it as we read where we want to get into the baptism soon, so I don't want to waste much time today. But he talks about a man, it says, who had two sons in Luke chapter 15, verse 11. And it talks about how this one son decided to become rebellious, and he wanted this father's inheritance to go and live his own life. You know, one of the most dangerous attitudes that you can get around your life as a young person, just speaking to the next generation, is an attitude of rebellion. Nothing good comes out of pride and rebellion. (laughs) And this young man got a rebellious attitude and he walked away. And the Bible talks about how he spent his his inheritance on wild living to the point where a famine came to the land. Everything seemed like it was going well. A famine came to the land and he found himself in a point of desperation. And he thought to himself, maybe I should go home to my dad's house. Maybe I should go back. But in his heart, he felt so unworthy. He said, well, maybe I'll just come back as a servant. Just come back as, just come back. I won't be a son anymore because of what I've done. I'll just come back as a servant. And so he starts to make the journey home. And as many Christians have read this, go home and read it thoroughly. But it talks about as this young prodigal son was coming home, how his dad saw him a long way off and his father ran out to him. (laughs) Isn't that the love of God for us? You know, I've got this on my, on my car. When the Bluetooth doesn't connect, it says searching. 
You know, sometimes we've been searching for the answer to life. My dad, he went all throughout India, he went all throughout the world in his 20s looking for the answer to life, only to realize it was in the little country church just down the road. <laughs> and when he found Jesus, he found peace, he found joy. I mean, at the time he had a, an outstanding job working on the Gold Coast and in Hong Kong, he was dating Miss Gold Coast, but there was still something missing on the inside of his life. And on Surface Paradise at the beach, this girl told him about Jesus and the love of God. And he made a decision to let Jesus Christ into his heart. And his life was never the same again. Never, ever, ever the same again. <laughs> never the same again. Our family, on one side, at one point, my dad, just due to, my granddad, due to trauma in his life, was an alcoholic. He went along to a church in Brisbane. Within a short space of time, he was no longer an alcoholic. They opened a girl's home, and my granddad was known for running marches in Kabulcha against domestic violence. That's how much God can change a home. He can change a family around because of what God can do in your life. I know for my dad's family, I was searching. He tried everything. He looked everywhere. He'd been involved. And it wasn't until he opened his heart up to Jesus Christ. My dad wanted to make sure this Christianity thing was fair dinkum. So he bought a Bible and went to Bible college, quit his job. They said, turn to Mark. And he looked for the closest Mark in the room, not realizing there's a book of Mark in the Bible. <laughs> But 35 years later, our family has changed because of Jesus Christ in our home. And today, I want to say for every person being water baptized, it's Jesus Christ in your life that makes all the difference today. It's being dead to sin and coming alive in Jesus. And this father sees this son a long way off. And the Bible talks about how he runs to him. Oh, I love that today. Come on, God can run to you with his love. God can run to you with his hope. God can run to you with his kindness. And he runs and the son's there. And the Bible talks about how he embraces his son and he hugs him and he kisses him. And I can imagine the son's crying, feeling totally overwhelmed. And he, and he brings the son home, but not as a servant. He restores him to being a son. He restores him completely to being a son today. And for every young person, don't go down the road of rebellion because, oh, it's so painful. And anyone who's been down that road knows what I'm talking about. Stay in Jesus. Come on, stay in purpose. The best testimony you could ever had was I was a young person who loved God and I kept loving God. I remember we had... Pat Morgan come. Pat, I love Pat Morgan. She's, she's a lovely First Nations lady. And Pat's a, a grandmother now. And she comes and she sings with this big gospel voice. And I remember I said, Pat, come and speak to the teenagers. Come and speak to the young people. And she talked to, talked to them about how at a young age, she found the love of Jesus in her heart. And she said, I just wanted to stay in love with Jesus my whole life. Every day, I just wanted to stay in love with Him. I just wanted to stay in love with Jesus. And that love for Jesus has kept her walking a wonderful life. A wonderful life. And, and this young man was totally restored. He was totally brought back into the house of God. You see, young people stay with God. But if you're here today and maybe you've walked away from God, can I tell you, through the blood of Jesus Christ, you can be totally restored. You can be totally forgiven. The Bible uses this word justification. That means that through the blood of Jesus, it can, you can come to a place where it's just as if you've never sinned. <laughs> I'll, I'll preach about it more in a few weeks' time, but in the Bible, it talks about these things called covenants. It talks about a covenant with Abraham, a covenant with Noah. It goes through different things. It talks about a covenant with Moses and the covenant of Moses was a covenant where really God said, if you do all these things, then I'll act in this way. 
The challenge is that no one could keep all the rules of the covenant. They couldn't keep all the laws. They couldn't keep all the commandments. And so God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son who died on that cross, who took upon himself in that, you see, on the cross, this is what happened. The justice and the love of God met. Think about that for a second. God, God can't turn a blind eye to the things that are happening. But the, in that moment on the cross, the love and the justice of God met and it was paid for on the cross. Come on, if you will surrender to every sin you've ever committed can be paid for on that cross. That, that blood, the justice of God was completely paid for on that cross so that we can walk in right standing with God. The Bible says in Hebrews, this is exciting, I'm pumped. It talks about it being a covenant of better promises. So when Peter was talking this morning about the juice and the biscuit, and Jesus says this new, he talks about this new covenant in my blood. Really, he's, he's giving us access to right relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ. That today we can walk in joy. We can walk in freedom. We can walk in hope. We can walk in love today because of what Jesus has done for us on the cross. It's wonderful. It's the best. That's why when I come to church, I just want to dance. I just want to shout. I just, you see, you see, I love what Pastor Alan was here. Oh, I'm getting a bit pumped up this morning. I love when Pastor Alan here is talking about how every church needs to have a roar. A roar to move the atmosphere. I was thinking about this year, and we've got to do a whole lot of admin for it, but I was thinking about Christmas time. And one of the greatest things Christians can do is bring hope and joy to a city. I was thinking, wouldn't it be great to get in the shopping centers and on the street corners and, and sing Christmas carols and change the atmosphere? We have to get a busking license, someone out there with a guitar. We could go out there and change the atmosphere. But sometimes Christians, they lose their roar. They lose their shout. They lose their ha on the inside. But you see, friend, can I tell you today that as we talked about that blood, that blood can wash away everything that would steal your confidence before God so that you could walk today fully persuaded that God is with you and in you and through you, not because of your perfection, because of what Jesus has done for you on the cross. Now, that doesn't mean we be silly and, and go on sinning and carry on like that. You know what it means? It means we are free to walk in the Spirit. We're free to walk with God. We're free to walk in the purposes that God has for us. I love that scripture in Romans. I'm so pumped today. This is a great message. In Romans, it says there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And then it goes on and talks, so we can walk in the Spirit. What's in the Spirit? Life. Oh, Oh, I love that. This is youth pastor, Pastor Neil, Josh. You know, there's a scripture and it talks about your, your young people. It talks about seeing visions, doesn't it? Seeing, hearing from God about the future. You know, we can live in a world where young people are riddled with anxiety and fear. But can I tell you, God is wanting to raise up another type of young person. <laughs> what does the Bible say? Cast all your cares upon Him because He cares for you. The Bible says, don't be anxious for anything, but pray. The Bible says those who know their God shall be strong and do great exploits. <laughs> Come on, there's visions, dreams, creativity. I think when I look at a lot of comedy movies, I like a good laugh. Life is too intense to watch sad movies, friend. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Put on something, but make me laugh. But you know, a lot of comedy, isn't it? It's sleazy. It's, it's just sort of that crude humor. I believe God is wanting to give young people a clean humor that can go out across the nations. A godly humor. I was hearing um, a little while ago about a testimony. I was reading in a book 
about a man who, who heard about the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit can bring great joy into your life. Incredible joy. And at his church at the time, people couldn't stop laughing. They were falling off their seats. The joy of the Lord was so apparent. He thought, I want that joy in my life. I want that for me. And so his pastor said, just start fasting and just start praying and watch what God does. And he talks about how the joy of the Lord hit his life in such a real way that he was sitting at his dining table in his house trying to eat his cereal and he couldn't stop laughing so much that his face fell in his cereal. (laughs) He couldn't stop laughing. But he said, during that time of laughing, what the Holy Spirit did is he healed my emotions. He healed all the trauma, all the pain. He healed my emotions so that I could be free again. You see, when we realize what Jesus has done for us and we believe it, we grab a hold by faith, we begin to walk in the Spirit and in the Spirit, God begins to bring freedom to our lives. He begins to bring power to our lives. He begins to bring hope and fresh direction and fresh freedom to our lives. Oh, come on, somebody. This is the good news. This is the wonderful news of the cross that we can walk in newness of life forevermore. Hey, I was talking to my mentor this week, a a great man from, he lives in New South Wales. We won't hold that against him. And he'll be watching this to correct my preaching and make sure I keep growing. Good to be, you know, the the rate of your growth is really a result of the rate of your accountability. And um, where was I going with this? This is, this is a good, but he he was beginning to speak to me and he was talking to me about a great question to ask people is what's the Holy Spirit doing in your life? As a pastor, our job is to partner with the Holy Spirit and what He's doing in your life. This week, what's the Holy Spirit wanting to do in your life? What's He saying to you? How is He leading you? How's He guiding you? I was hearing about a lady, and uh, this lady was a school teacher. She's a lovely lady, a wonderful lady. And at a point in her life, she was really battling with jealousy. She'd go to meetings and different things, and people would get promoted over her, get opportunities, and she said, She just got so riled up. She used to just get so mad. She used to get so offended, so uptight. And to the point where she would have outbursts and get angry and things like this. And she'd walk away feeling embarrassed and feeling ashamed, thinking, why did I say that? And why did I do that? And so what she decided to do was whenever she felt this way, she decided to pull herself away from that meeting and begin to pray. And she prayed this prayer, Holy Spirit, show me the truth. The Bible says in John that God will, the Holy Spirit's role is to guide you into all truth. There's a war at the moment on for truth in our nation. But the Holy Spirit, He'll show you the truth. He, he, he only tells the truth. And so she began to pray, Holy Spirit, show me the truth. And as she began to pray and do this over a period of time, within six months, that spirit of jealousy completely left her life and she was totally free to get over that. There's no condemnation for those who walk in Christ Jesus. And it goes on, read it for yourself. So now I can walk with the Spirit and He can work in my life and work in my heart today. The scripture I was reading in Hebrews, you can look at it yourself. It talks about the early in Hebrews and it talks about God sending angels of ministering angels of salvation to your house and to your life. Isn't that amazing? That even before you come to church, God and His love can be reaching you and ministering to you so beautifully. There's a love. There's a freedom. There's a hope. God, we thank you today for the privilege to be here at church. 
Thank you, Jesus, for your wonderful son. Sorry, thank you, Father, for your wonderful son, Jesus, who died on the cross for us to wash away our sin so that we could walk in the favour of God. That wonderful favour where we could walk in the Spirit, live in the Spirit, gentleness, love, self-control, kindness. We could walk in freedom. Today, God, we thank you that even when we were a long way away, you so loved us that when we turned our hearts towards you, you came running. You came running to us to restore us, to rescue us from our sin. I thank you today, Holy Spirit, that in you, there's visions, dreams, and creativity. In you, there's peace and freedom that doesn't compare to anything else. It's so wonderful. We love you today, God. In Jesus' name, amen.